Locked On Bears, your daily podcast on the Chicago Bears, part of the Locked On's podcast network. That's right. Welcome to the Locked On Bears podcast, where our listeners get the best daily lockdown coverage of their favorite team, the Chicago Bears. I'm your host, Arthur Arkish, senior editor at Pro Football Weekly and NFC North reporter for USA Today Sports Weekly. If you haven't done so already, please head over to iTunes and subscribe. Go to Audio Boom and download. And while you're at it, make sure you leave us some comments, some likes, some shares, all of that feedback and interaction can only help this podcast continue to grow. Also, gaining our traction on the Locked On Bears podcast, helping us gain traction, are our partner sites, including FanRag Sports, Today's Pigskin, and Today's Fast Break. Dot com and draftbreakdown.com. After you've checked out all of my work at Pro Football Weekly and picked up your latest USA Today Sports Weekly, I would encourage you to head over to our partner sites and see what is going on over there. How's everyone doing on Tuesday, the Bears off day, although they have managed to make plenty of news on their off day. Uh, but before I get to that, I just uh, hope you are doing well and uh, I haven't heard from a lot of you on Twitter of late, so make sure you are checking in and letting me know what you want to hear on this podcast, what you would like to uh, have answered, and, and I'll do the best I can, and uh, that would be wonderful. Everything is cool on my end, actually out in Crystal Lake editing our weekly newspaper insert, but Want to take some time to bring you the Tuesday Lockdown Bears podcast. We will be joined shortly by Corey Wooten, who is becoming a a weekly contributor on the show. And I know he has thoughts on Monday night before we start looking ahead to the Lions. But first, and I will go over some of this news with Corey as well, just want to get you updated on the big developments from Hallis Hall today. None bigger than the decision to put Kyle Fuller on injured reserve. Fuller, of course, went for that knee scope in the middle of August and obviously hasn't seen the field yet, had been practicing. And uh, we were told last week that uh, he was making progress, according to John Fox, but uh, now he isn't. He might have his season Ended. Although the Bears, of course, uh, will have the option. They can still use their IR designated to return on one player. So whether that's Kyle Fuller remains to be seen. But uh, kind of funny how the Bears had him listed as questionable last week. And again, as of last Thursday, he was making progress. And now he's not. So it'll be interesting to hear John Fox respond to that imminent question tomorrow. I'm sure we won't get any answer at all. The other big, semi-big news, I hope it's not big news, but the Bears did sign former Lion Joyke Bell in advance of the Sunday game against his former team. And uh, if this is a move just to shore up death with Jeremy Lankford reportedly out four to six weeks with that ankle injury that was reported yesterday by Adam Schefter, uh, Kadeem Carey didn't even make the trip to Dallas. So uh, the Bears needed to sign a healthy body, and, and Joyke Bell, I guess, qualifies as that. But if he's someone who's going to come and uh, take any part of Jordan Howard's workload, then I, I can't sign off on the move. We'll have to wait and see. I'd imagine it is just an insurance policy. The third bit of news, and actually it came yesterday, but I recorded my podcast in the morning and haven't spoken with you since, was Jay Fox saying that there is uh, – Jay Fox – was John Fox saying that there are no givens when asked if Jay Cutler's job would be waiting for him when he was recovered from that 
uh, sprained thumb, uh, sprained right thumb that he is dealing with. Uh, make of that what you will, but for John Fox to say that there are no givens certainly raised some eyebrows at Hallis Hall and uh, has people wondering, certainly on the heels of Chris Collinsworth's glowing endorsement of what Brian Hoyer's week of practice did for that Bears offense. And boy, you saw that Bears offense really explode on that Dallas defense. Uh, nonetheless, it was interesting to hear John Fox say that uh, after some of the things we heard Collinsworth say on the Monday night, on the Sunday night broadcast, excuse me. Uh, but without further ado, I want to bring in Corey Wooten because he has a better. Uh, read on on some of the inner workings, not necessarily of the current Bears locker room, but certainly from his past experiences. So we'll ask him about this bit of news and, of course, get his take on the Sunday night game here in just a moment. There's our special guest, Corey Wooten, who I just mentioned uh, before I I dialed you up. Corey, you're kind of becoming a a weekly contributor on this podcast. Uh, How's it going today? Thanks for being back on the program. I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course, like I said, you're uh, you're kind of becoming a regular, so you probably don't even need to thank me anymore. You just need to be dropping some serious Bears knowledge, and uh, we'll obviously get to that in just a moment. Uh, joined by Corey Wooten, of course, ex uh, Bears defensive lineman, former Northwestern product, and and friend of the show. Corey, uh, how is Tuesday treating you? What's new and exciting? Uh, it's going well. Um, just just keeping busy, uh, staying active, working out, watching the games taking everything in and, and just trying to analyze it. Corey, staying active and working out, the Bears look like a defensive line that could use some help right now. Are you are you dropping hints on the Locked On Bears podcast or no? <laughs> Not at all. This is just for looking good. That's about it. <laughs> All right. I just want to be sure because, again, it did look like that uh, uh, that defense and, and up front in general where the Bears are just decimated and, and, frankly, had Ezekiel Elliott run all over them Sunday night could use the help. But uh, Corey, at least for now, is going to stay retired. So, uh, Corey, before we, uh, before we get into a little bit of your thoughts from uh, the Bears' most recent loss in Dallas, I just uh, – I didn't know if you heard any of John Fox's press conference yesterday, but there was a bit of an interesting takeaway. Uh, Foxy was asked if Jay Cutler's job, he was essentially asked if Cutler's job would be waiting for him when he got back, uh, if Brian Hoyer was a placeholder. And Fox said there are no givens in this league. And, and because of all the craziness that has come up in the past with Jay Cutler, because he is such a lightning rod, uh, there were some raised eyebrows about that. What is your takeaway to Fox's response uh, in saying, essentially, that Cutler's going to have to earn that job when he comes back? I think that says a lot about what the coach is thinking right now. Usually a guy like Cutler is getting paid the big bucks when he comes back right. to his position. So for him to say that, I think it, it definitely you have to question wh- what's going on, what's the psyche behind the locker room, what's the psyche up in the front office, and is that relaying that to Coach Fox, or is that Coach Fox thinking that? Is that the, the quarterback coach? We really don't know. So that's what I think is kind of going on. Mm-hmm. So hinting that, I, I think when he comes back, I don't, I don't know. I guess we'll have to see. What what will happen if if Hoyer does decent? Will he stay in, or will Cutler come back and take his spot? 
Right. And, uh, you know, we should tell the listener, uh, the listeners that Cutler doesn't have any guaranteed money left on his contract. So uh, the Bears are out from underneath the worst of the deal. It's not a contract year, but again, they can get out without any further harm. Uh, to the cap or otherwise and uh, I don't think anyone's going to view Brian Hoyer I don't have his age in front of me but I'm guessing he's about the same as Cutler at 33 maybe a year or two younger Uh, certainly not viewed as a long-term answer but that was certainly an interesting and and kind of open-ended response that's uh, not going to quiet any of the speculation so uh, like you said we'll have to wait and see Corey let me ask you though uh, as a former player uh, I know Lovey Smith wasn't exactly a, a big soundbite for the media. Uh, Mark Trussman occasionally would say things that raise eyebrows. Uh, you personally, were you interested in, in what the coaches were saying to the media when they were uh, meeting the media, obviously, several times a week? And was that something that you not only paid close attention to, but maybe could affect your thinking or affect your weekly uh, process? Not at all. And, and the team meetings and the, the rest of the meetings throughout the week, you kind of got a clear picture what the coaches were thinking, what was going on, the direction, who was playing what position, who's starting, who's not. And so that way everything would be known right from those meetings instead of hearing it from the media. So everyone knows what's going on. They didn't need to hear that, that message today from Fox. I think they've heard that in the team meeting after the game. Okay. And it's definitely a situation in Chicago where – you know, they might be hitting that panic button right now, starting 0-3, thinking, oh, what are we doing right now? What's going on? And that, that could be the case. Yeah. What do you think uh, w- w- What do you think the mindset is inside Hallis Hall? Do you think there's any sense of panic there at all? Obviously, John Fox has a ton of experience, and uh, he does have a younger team, though, maybe a lot of guys who haven't been through this before. Uh, what do you kind of think some of those conversations are like at Hallis Hall this week after an 0-3 start? I went back and looked at your NFL career, and I don't, I don't believe actually you ever went through this in your career. Never have, and you never want to start a year 0-3. It's really hard to have a successful record after that. Yeah. I mean, even a winning record at that. So the Bears right now, the biggest thing they need to do is try to get this first win this week. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the, they need to do everything they can. They need to rally behind the defense. That's going to be key going up with a guy like Matthew Stafford. And they need they need to get some stops defensively, really really get the, the fan base in this, and offensively start well, start the running game, give, give the fans to get something excited about. Yeah, no doubt about it. Chatting here with Corey Wooten, and, and Corey just mentioned how tough of a uphill climb the Bears are facing just to kind of uh, put some perspective behind that. Uh, since the new playoff format, it's certainly not new anymore, excuse me, but the 12-team playoff format that was introduced in 1990, uh, since its introduction, only three teams have overcome an 0-3 deficit to make the playoffs. No one's done it since the 1998 Bills, just to give everyone an idea of what the Bears are up against. And Corey, you know, we're not going to look ahead today. It's still early in the week, and I want to get your kind of recap of the game. So uh, just very generally, uh, maybe your biggest takeaway or two about what went wrong, maybe your biggest surprise or, or your biggest disappointment from Sunday night. The, the theme that's been going on these past three weeks is stopping the run. That's what we've been talking about. And Ezekiel Elliott goes over 100, looks very good in the game. And the same thing that happened in the first two weeks, they're not setting edges defensively. 
and being able to force that ball back to wherever all the cavalry is coming from. So there's no edges. They're able to get to the outside and gash them, and that's what you see week in and week out. Do you think that is that just because you're missing guys like Pernell McPhee and Lamar Houston? Is that because guys are, are missing plays and missing opportunities? Are they not being coached up? What do you think is the root of the, the run defense issues right now? I think it's a little bit of everything. Um, the, the biggest thing that, that you can do defensively, like I said, is, is, is setting that edge. And that's not hard. It doesn't take a Pro Bowl caliber guy to do that. Right. You can have anybody do that, that that's on the field. It's all about fundamentals and being disciplined. And right now they're not playing very disciplined ball, and you see that. And they're getting gas left and right. And like we said before, letting up these 100-yard rushers, then the teams are able to mix in the pass, and then you're always off balance, and you never get those stops that you need defensively. Right. Right, and and Corey, we know obviously that it starts with stopping the run. Uh, the Bears weren't able to do that. Ezekiel Elliott goes for thirty carries, one hundred and forty yards, uh, a huge day. And, and Dak Prescott had some success when when breaking the pocket too. Uh, but when Prescott was in the pocket, he had time to read the Sunday paper and get a couple cups of coffee. No sacks, one quarterback hit from the entire Bears defense. Uh, obviously that isn't going to cut it, but kind of who do you look to? I mean, we talked about this last week a little bit. Uh, did you see any signs of a pass rush even? What, what was your take on, on the lack of success in that part of the game? I really didn't see much pressure at all. And Tyron <laughs> Smith wasn't playing in the game, right? honestly. Yeah. I, I expected Willie Young to, to dominate that backup left tackle, and we didn't really see much of that. Right. It's It's very telling about maybe where the – Bears are right now as a unit, what their psyche is. It just didn't seem like they were playing inspired football on a Sunday night game, prime time, in front of all of America to see you play. And that's that's what they put out there. That's that's what they put out there. So it's it's definitely kind of telling about this theme of, of what's going on to the psyche of the Bears and then what's going on in the locker room with the leadership. So I guess we'll see later on how this develops. A couple good points from Corey there. I'm glad you mentioned that the Cowboys were without Tyron Smith. It seems like everyone, I won't say everyone, but some people want to continue to mention all the Bears injuries. And and look, they're a big part of things here, but Cowboys without their best blocker, Cowboys without their two best edge defenders on defense who are both suspended, uh, they didn't have a problem really just totally uh, you know, flummoxing the Bears' offense until it was already mop-up duty. So uh, I think that's an important point there. But, Corey, I have to come back and, and, and kind of circle back on something you just said. You, you keep mentioning the Bears' psyche, and I just heard you mention the lack of leadership too. Um, after they just got embarrassed on primetime to, to, to do it again, uh, that's not a good reflection of the coaching, I, I wouldn't think. It's definitely tough. You know, John Fox historically has been a really good coach. His programs have done really well. But sometimes it's not exactly necessarily on the coaches as much as it is on the players. Okay. The biggest thing out there, you can go out there and the coaches can give you the greatest game plan ever. Mm-hmm. But if you don't go out there and ex- execute and play disciplined, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter at all. So I don't know if if it's if it's the coaching per se – or they're just not going out there and, dis- and, and executing what they need to do. I, I think it's more of an execution thing rather than a coaching, I believe. 
Okay. Um, so you mentioned a little bit of, uh, you know, what the Bears will be up against Sunday and Matthew Stafford. And, uh, you know, if you're not able to generate any pressure really on Carson Wentz, literally no pressure on Dak Prescott, uh, now they get arguably the hottest quarterback in the NFL. Bears fans might laugh when they hear that, but Matt Stafford has been playing absolutely out of his mind, dating back to the, uh, really, the after the bye week and the replacement of, of Joe Lombardi, their former offensive coordinator, uh, and the promotion of Jim Bob Cooter. So uh, what are there any signs that the Bears are going to be able to slow down this Lions offense with Stafford humming and Marvin Jones as the NFL's leading receiver? Uh, they haven't been able to run the football, but what have you seen from the Bears, I guess past defense specifically, uh, to think that maybe there will be some type of a, a sea change in just a matter of, of one week? I don't think so from, from what we've seen in the first three weeks. The pressure hasn't been there uh, defensively and coverage-wise really hasn't been, you know, one of the bright spots. So I don't think so. Like you said, Matthew Stafford is playing the best football of his career right now. Offensive coordinator has orchestrated a great plan for them. They have a receiver in Marvin Jones that had 200 yards last week. So this is a game I'm, I'm very nervous about to see what what could be capable of. This could be this could be a massive blowout if the Bears don't don't play. They don't show up. This this could be. So I guess we'll we'll see how it pans out. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy to think, and I agree. It looks a little lopsided, particularly that matchup, the the Lions passing offense versus the Bears pass defense. Um, but to think that they won't show up at all is kind of a frightening premise considering just the home futility and, and certainly the way the Lions have dominated the recent series, winning six in a row. So uh, you'd like to think at least there is you know a good fight in a team that wants to show up and play well. Uh, but like you said, we'll have to wait and see. Corey, give us a, a couple positives. I mean, I, I was able to come away with a few positives. I'm sure you were too. It doesn't have to be on defense, but what reasons for encouragement are there uh, with this Bears team? Again, a really young Bears team. The the biggest thing I, I saw, what I, what I liked offensively, was the running back Howard. He was a bright spot in that game. He had some nice runs, running with power, breaking some tackles. I really like what I saw from him. And also offensively, Zach Miller, he established himself as a threat down the field, being able to get those two touchdowns, and was really a playmaker for them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and the Bears actually signed uh, a running back today. Joyke Bell reports say that Jeremy Lankford's going to be out four to six weeks. Joyke Bell, of course, the former Lion. I'm, I'm sure you know him well. Uh, and I said at the top before I welcomed you onto the podcast that uh, I sure hope it's just a depth signing and that they're not wanting Joyke Bell to kind of take any of Jordan Howard's uh, you know opportunities right now and, and even a little bit of momentum he's been building. Uh, can you give us a little scouting report on Joyke Bell from I'm sure trying to tackle him uh, on more than one occasion during your career? Joyke Bell is an extremely powerful runner. He's someone that can break a lot of tackles. He's not a burner, a guy that's going to beat you with his speed. But he is a good pass-catching threat. And the, the biggest thing that, that you see from him is that veteran leadership. So he's going to get those guys, the younger guys in that running back room, teach them the way, teach them how to be a pro, teach them how to prepare. And I think that's what you see in that signing. I definitely agree with you. I think it's more of a depth thing mm-hmm. and to kind of mentor these younger backs. He's got actually some, would you say it's sort of a similar uh, profile to what Jordan Howard does? I mean, both powerful guys, kind of maybe, you know, sort of quick feet, but not exactly what they're known for. I, 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 see, I see exactly what you're, what you're talking about. I think Howard is a little more explosive, though, than, than Joyce Bell. 
I think he has a little bit more quick twitch. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was evident on, on Sunday when you saw him burst through those holes. And I, I said, this, this guy's got a little bit of juice. Yeah. And I think, I think Joyce Bell is a little bit more of a power guy. He has some shiftiness, but he doesn't have that juice that Jordan Howard does. Okay. Yeah, good call. And uh, I hadn't thought about kind of the leadership aspect of it, but clearly that's something that's lacking right now. So uh, I don't know if you – I'm trying to remember. I don't think you ever switched teams in season. Joyke Bell was waiting for his chance. He hasn't been on a, a roster yet. But what do you think just from watching other guys come in – uh, and certainly Bell, someone who, who's had some success, has a pretty good track record. Uh, what's that process like of assimilating into a new locker room? Again, I, I don't think you did it in season, but watching other guys come in, how quickly can they kind of uh, carry clout and, and have their voice heard? They can do it pretty quick, especially a veteran guy, an intelligent guy like George Bell that has you know been able to have success in this league. And being able to pick up a playbook should not be too hard for somebody that is a veteran guy. And I think he'll be able to assimilate quickly if they need him to play and depending on what his role is. So it, it all depends on what the Bears feel like his best role is. Mm-hmm. And if it is to get more carries out of the backfield, be a blocker in third down protection, you know, I think you'll see that. And I think he's a guy that can pick that up. Okay. Um, good stuff from Corey Wooten. Just one or two more questions for you, Corey, and I'll let you run. But uh, uh, you mentioned a couple positives in, in Jordan Howard and, and Zach Miller. I thought Kevin White was another definite positive, uh, targeted a game-high 14 times and uh, actually had a, a really nice catch on the sideline uh, over Morris Claiborne, almost had a second one, but he just dropped it. Uh, and, 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 you know, it's kind of as if the Bears have two first-rounders this year with White obviously redshirting last year. Uh, but I want to ask you about Leonard Floyd. You mentioned Willie Young being disappointing uh, last week, and I couldn't agree more. Uh, but are, are you noticing Leonard Floyd showing up at all? I'm not saying it's reasonable that he's been kind of elevated with no Pernell McPhee and no Lamar Houston, but uh, have you seen any flashes yet really from Floyd that, that he's where he needs to be? I definitely have. I, I, I saw it in opening week against Houston. You, you saw him get that half a sack with Eddie Goldman. Right. You saw that burst. You saw that dip. But the biggest thing I, I want to see with him is, is working these moves, working his hands, because we know he has great quickness, right? Everyone right. that's a great speed rusher coming out of college has great quickness. But the biggest thing, I want to see him work his hands more, be able to get those offensive linemen's hands off him, and then be able to work his counter moves. Because everyone's going to be able to stop you on your first move. It's the second and third moves that allow you to come home and get those sacks. So that's what I want to see from him. Okay, good stuff. And, uh, Corey, just on the way out for real this time, uh, what do you think of – Kyle Fuller went on injured reserve today. We were told last Thursday from John Fox that he was improving and getting closer. Um, That's a pretty big shift in a matter of, what, five days or so. Um, how does that play in the locker room? I mean, A, what do you think? Could this potentially signal the end for Kyle Fuller in Chicago? I mean, I don't want to be too dramatic here, but uh, he may not play again this season. And uh, I kind of just wonder not only about his outlook, but how that plays when uh, we're being told one thing and, and suddenly Fuller's potentially not available for the rest of the year. It just seems like a, a pretty huge shift there and one we've seen before we saw with Kevin White last year. I, I agree with you. Do, you. do you know if he got it scoped out or he got it repaired? His they, t- 
They told us a scope, but uh, they also told us Pernell McPhee was a scope, and obviously he's on PUP, and we haven't even seen him practice, much less play. So uh, you obviously have to take everything with a grain of salt, I think. <laughs> I, I think I think there could be something that they could be keeping from the, the media, obviously, to not let things get out, mm-hmm. because the Pernell McPhee example is, is something that's very eye-opening. Somebody that they thought, oh, just kind of got it cleaned out and scoped, makes you think maybe did he have micro fracture maybe did he have acl we don't really know the only thing i know is i i've had my knee scope before and that's mm-hmm. about a four to six week deal and then you're back you, you feel great so i'm thinking maybe he possibly got that repaired or it could be a situation where maybe like you said they're not as happy with fuller mm-hmm. as he because he started great his rookie year last year he kind of had some struggles and maybe with the new staff and, and all the pressure from up top, maybe, maybe we're ready to cut, cut our losses, cut our ties with them. We yeah. really don't know what they're thinking, but those are some things to think about. If a guy starting out after he had the surgery wasn't on IR, all of a sudden you had him on IR. Gets you thinking. So I guess we'll see more on that. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, and just to be clear, uh, Corey Wooden, obviously not a doctor, nor am I, and I'm not asking him to play one, but that is interesting to hear from a former professional athlete who has undergone a knee scope, and he said within six weeks he felt good as new. We are at the about the six-week mark, there, thereabouts anyway, of Fuller going un, undergoing excuse me, his alleged knee scope. So something we will keep an eye on. Corey Wooten, great stuff as usual. We really appreciate your time today. And uh I can't imagine any reason why we wouldn't bring you back on the show again next week. I'm I'm having a lot of fun. I hope you are too. I'm having a great time. Let, let, let's do it again. All right. Outstanding. That was Corey Wooten. And uh, as I said, we will definitely be bringing him back on the program. Good stuff from Corey Wooten once again today. So once again, great stuff from Corey Wooten. I hope you enjoyed today's Locked on Bears podcast, the Tuesday edition. Just a reminder, if there's anything you would like to know about Corey, about his playing career, about what he had for breakfast, uh, you can tweet that to me too. Um, And definitely uh, I I can use the ideas for these interviews and uh, certainly appreciate that. Uh, I will be at Hallis Hall on Wednesday and we'll try and bring you a a player interview, a current one for the either Wednesday or Thursday edition of the Locked On Bears podcast. We will also uh, go behind enemy lines with the Locked On Lions host. I'm still arranging that and Uh, Again, we'll have lots of good stuff in store as we continue to break down the 0-3 Bears as they uh, prepare to open up their division slate. Uh, It should be interesting, if nothing else. So uh, we will talk to you on Wednesday. Thank you again so much for being with me today on the Locked on Bears podcast.